Hello and welcome to Detox for Vibrant Health. I'm your host, Jessica Green. Thank you for joining. Hi everyone, we are live now. I'm so super excited about today's topic. So welcome to the second in my Detox for Autoimmunity series. I'm so excited to be here and telling you a little bit about what I know on this matter. Now, it's often that we don't think about air at all until something catastrophic happens. Like uh, this really hit home for me and my family last year when we had all of those wildfires. We had them up north, down in California. We had them in the east. Uh, They were just everywhere. And for about two weeks, we couldn't really do our normal activities outside. And we kind of shut ourselves up into our homes for a good portion of that because it was so unhealthy to be outside. Now, we often don't think of air quality as being something connected to autoimmunity or detoxing. But since we breathe about 3,000 gallons of it every single day, it seems like, well, it probably does play some sort of role in our autoimmune symptoms and certainly just our overall health. And so um, happily, since the creation of the Clean Air Act, uh, pollution has been slowly improving, which is great, Uh, but it hasn't really been improving quite enough. There's quite a bit still in the air to be concerned about. Now, besides oxygen and nitrogen, the air can include a number of particulates, human-made particulates. Now, these are fine particulates that I'm going to talk about next, and some of them are a little bit bigger. Heavy metals, petroleum, and just hundreds of chemicals are in our air. These are human-made, in addition to ozone, dust, pollen, and molds. Now, I'm going to talk about three things in particular that can really impact indoor air quality. And I'm talking about indoor air quality in particular because that's what we can control to some extent. So starting with fine particulates, I'm going to dive right in. Fine particulates or particles are the human-made ones. And these are things like the heavy metals, like the petroleum, like the hundreds of chemicals that are just out there, and they're out there from various sources, right? We're talking about transportation, um, manufacturing, so you know, you think those big smokestacks that you see everywhere. Uh, It could be from uh, fires burning or oil burning for heating homes. It could be from um, uh, fertilizer industries um, or uh, just spraying fertilizer, spraying pesticides, all of these, they just have so many chemicals in them. We're just inundated with them. So what are the things that could happen to us as we're inhaling some of this? Of course, you know, our immune system is reacting to a lot of these substances, but some of the things that we might start to feel just from fine particulates can be things like um, your eyes and nose starting to burn. You might have irritated passageways, like air passageways. Um, You can have a decrease in your lung function. Uh, There's also um, increased blood clotting and risk of cardiovascular disease. 
Uh, it could cause developmental and reproductive harm uh, and making you susceptible to infection and triggering skin cancers as well as cataracts. I know it's a big long list and there's certainly more. It's not totally exhaustive, but it's definitely something that we should be aware of because as we're taking in more toxins, our body has to work harder to get rid of those toxins and that's where detoxing comes in. Next though, I'm going to talk a little bit about molds. Molds are literally everywhere. Now, there are molds and then there's mycotoxins. Mycotoxins are the toxins that molds create. And they create them when they're feeling um, stressed or under attack, right? And there's a number of things that can make them feel stressed or under attack. Um, one thing in particular, and you won't hear about this too often, is that Wi-Fi devices, cellular towers, um, electrical lines, all of these actually are kind of a stimulant for molds to create mycotoxins because they are dangerous to molds. They're dangerous to organisms, right? So organisms uh, fight back by throwing out toxins, in this case, mycotoxins. So that's just something to know. Now, um, we can find them inside though, and that's again what we're talking about today is our indoor air quality. So we can find these in water damaged area of our homes, for instance, um, you know, we get a water leak, we might not know about it right away. It starts to grow into um, the drywall or maybe wood framing of your home. Um, mold is also found in your bathroom, your shower head, under the sinks, especially if a pipe was leaking at some point in time. Um, in basements, especially in basements or if you're in a basement level apartment or building, you could definitely experience more <clears throat> water leakage, more mold growth. It could attach to literally any surface of your home. We're talking about the mycotoxins as well as the mold spores. It could just attach to any surface of your home and your dog. It also circulates in your air systems. So what can we, um, <clears throat> before I get into what we could do, I'd like to talk a little bit more about what symptoms you might be able to see. And, you know, molds in particular can wreak havoc on our body, especially if you're one of the 25% or so of the people who don't produce antibodies against these mold toxins. They just stick in your body until you're treated for it. So mold toxins or mycotoxins could cause some really difficult to diagnose symptoms that are nonspecific which makes it such a challenge to diagnose. And as I read through them, you might see a similarity between those and symptoms associated with, you know, um, EMF exposure or low thyroid or, you know, you name it, any kind of disorder, disease, you know, a lot of these have these nonspecific symptoms. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, some of the symptoms can include brain fog, uh, you might have trouble focusing, weakness, fatigue, muscle cramping, joint pain, constant nerve pain, headaches, red eyes, blurred vision, sinus issues, tremors, and even vertigo. You could also experience 
gut issues, kind of like you would if you were eating something that you were allergic or sensitive to. So bloating, diarrhea, um, gas. You could also experience some weight loss issues or challenges, meaning that maybe you're putting on weight and you're not sure quite why. It could also include night sweats, excessive thirst, increased urination. There's just a whole slew of these nonspecific symptoms that could come up. And when I think about these, and I think about all the different factors that could play into these symptoms, especially as I'm working with clients, what I like to think of this, and this is what I tell my clients, is that you know, as we tackle one thing, we'll start to be able to sort of peel back the layers of this onion, right? Because you've got a lot of inflammation happening in your body, especially if you have an autoimmune condition. So by peeling back these layers, we start to hone in, okay, did we take care of one of the problems yet? How about another problem? Did you see another symptom go away? And so we're trying to take away all these different levels of toxicity to the body. Now, uh, last one that I wanted to touch on, and this is kind of a brief one, this is just carbon dioxide. Now, the outdoor CO2 level right now has already gone past 400 parts per million. This is not great for our planet, uh, but that's where it's at. Now, indoor uh, air quality is uh, CO2 levels are around you know, 600, 800, they could go all the way up, you know, 1,000, even more, hopefully not more than 1,000 parts per million. But as soon as they get even close to 800 parts per million, it, it's like being in a stuffy building, right? You just feel like, oh, you know, you can't get enough air to breathe. Uh, you might feel the most common symptoms are really fatigue. Fatigue, you feel tired because you're not getting enough oxygen. Then you could also experience headaches, which also goes along with not having enough oxygen. And, you know, if it's bad enough, you could even experience some nausea. So if you hit that 1,000 or 1,200 part per million mark, it could definitely go up in terms of symptoms and the intensity of the symptoms. Like even migraines could be resulting from high, high CO2 levels. So I want to go on to how to reduce your exposure to bad indoor air quality. How do you fix some of these indoor air quality issues? I'm gonna start with some easier things and then we'll go down the list to some things that might be a little bit more challenging or might require purchasing something. So first off, dust. Dust attracts particulates from the outdoors like little tiny magnets and so what we want to do is be sure to dust, uh, sorry, dust often with a damp cloth. I myself like to use a damp microfiber cloth because it kind of catches everything. And I use that instead of just a duster because the duster just makes their, everything float into the air, right? And you're not necessarily cleaning anything at that point, you're just displacing and worse yet, you're inhaling a lot of it. You don't want to inhale this stuff. Next, take your shoes off at the door. Have a designated spot at your front door or whatever door you tend to come into the house. Put your shoes away. Keep that area as clean as possible as well. And uh, the reason is, is because when we are outdoors, we are walking through all sorts of things. We could be walking through 
dog poop that hasn't been quite scraped off, uh, the concrete or maybe in the dirt, we're walking through um, <laughs> bird poop, we're walking through oil spills, we're walking through um, leaks from uh, car AC units. Um, we're just walking through all sorts of nasty things. We're also walking through pollen and mold and we're walking through you know the chemicals that were sprayed five miles away onto a field of something and all of this is kind of just getting stuck in little tiny particles in on our shoes and so we walk inside the house if we're walking all over the home then we're tracking all this material in there so if you have dogs or children or you know you're just doing yoga on the floor you're coming into contact with this material. We just don't want that to happen. Also, when, uh, say, a fan kicks on, you're starting to kick up some of that material. It attaches to the dust. You see the, the problem with that. Next, I want to talk about molds, and this is a little bit more challenging. Um, first off, the obvious, if you see mold, especially black mold, like growing on your walls or growing in your shower, you know, definitely clean the shower area. Anything that you could clean because it's not um, pervious, like uh, drywall. Drywall is pervious. Um, if it's something easy to clean that's more solid, definitely just clean it really, really well. Uh, you could clean it with, and I hate to use bleach, but you could make a water and bleach solution. You can make a hydrogen peroxide solution. You can make a vinegar solution. A lot of these solutions can help kill that mold. So important to get rid of that. If you obviously see it on drywall, you can't really clean that off. You have to have the drywall replaced. And so that's when you bring in uh, someone who can remediate that safely. It doesn't necessarily need to be a specialist, but it should at least be a drywaller who understands the issues associated with moldy walls. Um, if you see water leakage as well, uh, you know, maybe water spots up towards your ceiling. That's definitely a red flag. Having that checked out is a smart idea. Also, if you just smell uh, moldy smells in your house, try to figure out where exactly they're coming from. Maybe they're coming from behind your washer and dryer. Maybe they're underneath your sink. Definitely do some self-investigation, but you could also hire someone to come in, a specialist to come in to test the mold, and or you could buy a mold testing kit online through Amazon. Now that you've tackled the mold issues, you've tackled the dust issues, you've left your shoes at the door, the next thing is to reduce those CO2 levels in your home. And the best way to do that is just open those windows and run the whole house fan. Unless, of course, you have a whole house um, air filtration system uh, on a system that brings in air from the outside. That's that's another thing. Just make sure that that system is working, that the louvers are open outside that so that plenty of fresh air comes in. Otherwise, just keep it simple. Run your whole house fan or have a cross breeze through. Try to do that at least every day. And if the weather isn't great outside, try to pick a time of the day where it's Good enough that you know you could open it up and not lose all of your hot air or all of your cold air. Finally, I'd like to suggest air filters. 
Now I have a, an air doctor filter for my house. It's kind of big, you know, it's kind of like that size and it does have filters that I need to change out, but it has filters that include a HEPA filter for the particulates. It also has a carbon filter that helps to take care of VOCs and it also takes care of molds. And I love this particular filter uh, system because it also has its own detection capability. So you put it on auto and if it detects air quality uh, getting worse, it will ramp up the fan to help clear out that bad whatever it is, the mold spores, the VOCs, the um, particulates from outside, anything like that, it helps to clear it out. So just to recap, things that you could do to reduce your exposure to bad indoor air quality. Dust often, take your shoes off at the door. Uh, oh, and vacuum, I should say. Vacuum often with a HEPA filter vacuum. Uh, take care of any mold issues that you might be experiencing. Open your windows and run that whole house fan and look at adding an air filter to your home. And if you're interested in finding out what the air quality is like in your area, all you have to do is go to airnow.gov. That's airnow, all one word, .gov. And they'll show you, you could click on the map of your area and you can see exactly in real time what your air quality is. And so that's a great tool, especially if there are fires burning nearby, you'll know whether or not to take extra precaution to help keep the air quality in your home happy and healthy. Now, if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, -on -one, I do have a fantastic 12-week program. Uh, it's a, my 12-week Vibrant Health program. I love it. So far, I'm getting lots of great uh, reviews from my clients. And all you have to do for that is go to my website, www.jessicagreenwellness.com, and go to book a discovery call. It's just right at the top. And you can book a call right then and there. And the call is free. So I hope that you'll take advantage of that. And uh, if you haven't already signed up for my newsletter, please do so. It's also at my website, jessicagreenwellness.com. You could sign up for my newsletter there. And in my newsletter, I share more tips and tricks that I don't share to social media or my blog. So it's a special treat for those who've signed up. So I hope that you do one of those two things. Please definitely either book a discovery call with me or sign up for my newsletter. And I can't wait to see you next week. Same time, we'll talk about the next awesome topic in the Detox for Autoimmunity series. I really hope to see you there. Okay, take care, bye.